0: What i've really enjoyed about doing this podcast series so far is every time i've sat down to speak to someone about their career path i've thought there is no way this person can make sense of their journey and while i appreciate you haven't heard all the interviews yet time and time again people have justified and made their own career journey make sense and rational and actually in the context of people's lives and their own journeys usually the career path makes complete sense Today's guest is another example of that, and I think he tells his own story really well.
1: Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be.
0: Aaron Bowman, can you tell us what you studied at university originally and what you do now in your career? I
1: in 2008 I started an undergraduate in English literature um, at Newcastle University, um, and I am now my day job is cultural officer for events development at Hardy Borough Council. I am also uh, just to throw in a few more hats. I'm a freelance uh, producer of art in public space. Um, And I am an Artistic and Quality Assessor for Arts Council England. And I am also a, a trustee for ARC Stockton, which is a sort of on a voluntary
0: basis. So when you went to university to study English literature, were you thinking of pursuing it as a career after university?
1: Not at all. So I decided to take um to listen to my dad's advice and just to completely ignore it um he said do something that will definitely get you a job and then I said well at least this will definitely get me a job as an English teacher even though I knew I didn't want to be an English teacher I just wanted to do something that I loved um so no when I first (laughs) when I first started
0: English, I just did it because I loved it. And that's about it. So, when you finished university or when you started moving towards Finnish university, when did you start thinking about careers, jobs, and what you were going to do next? Oh, gosh. So, um it
1: was, I got a little job after university just in a cafe. Um, and then I sort of thought, right, I'll just take like a couple of years. Figure it out because in 2008 there had been the global recession and things were only just starting to uh, get back on the feet we just sort of started austerity so jobs in the sort of things that I thought I might have liked and um, the sort of cultural world um, I just didn't know how to sort of find them I suppose um, and then one day uh, at my other job this at uh, my cafe job they said uh, a company called there's a company called Durham Business Improvement District um, and they said oh we're looking for uh, some ambassadors um, so Durham Business Improvement District one of their main sort of remits was events so that's how I sort of so I worked there from 2013 I think and, 2013 to 2015 Um, and that's where I sort of got the that bug for um, events Um, but then I knew I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go down the events route or down the sort of arts creative culture route and so I used a sort of capitalized on my my sort of art experience and business experience and got a job at ARC in Stockton um as their or what was my official title I think I was business and community events coordinator um so then after ARC that then led on to applying for a job at Hartlepool Borough Council um where I've been for now it was my three year third
0: year anniversary on the 1st of June so I've been there three years now. That's interesting because you said there that when you originally left university you weren't really thinking about jobs in English you were thinking more about jobs in culture did you know what jobs and opportunities there were in culture at that stage? No I no I honestly had no idea I sort of
1: didn't really I was really bad I didn't engage with the sort of the program of Uh, the careers program that the university put together and um, I was quite bad like I only attended the lectures that I definitely had to attend um, and rarely attended seminars Um, so then I didn't really engage with any of the careers service stuff and it's sort of after after that like that sort of that horrible feeling of graduating and just like not knowing where the hell I'm at what I'm going to do so it took me that like two years to sort of figure it out I suppose it's really like it's that change from university into like bang not knowing what you want to do or where you want to go is really difficult like
0: I don't envy anyone having to do it now so between I suppose your first job in cultural events and leaving university you spend a period of time working in a cafe was there anything you were kind of doing during that time to help move your career forward or figure things out
1: so uh, yes I tied with a few things I sort of I was looking into getting into law actually I'd looked at it um gdl course a part-time gdl course um so i always miss that one out because um it's not really relevant to my career but i'm actually i have a graduate diploma in law from northumbria university which i did part-time on the side um but halfway through maybe maybe a bit more than halfway through halfway through that i realized that law was just too Uh, how can I put this nicely, it was just too boring, it was too corporate, it was too serious for me Um, and I thought I can't make, I can't can't sort of make a change with it Um, so then I started, the reason I got the job at Durham Business Improvement District was just through volunteering Um, it was sort of saying right how can I help, what do you need, sort of putting myself out there in my spare time and just getting that experience and sort of well I suppose making getting my name out there and just offering to help people and I sort of thought if I can do that then that might lead to a paid position and that and then that can sort of develop down the line like I never until I started at Durham Bid when I sort of figured out that events could be a career um cultural events particularly the sort of the festival that um festival theatre, things like that. Um, until I started at Durham Bid I didn't really have any I couldn't see a way in, um, let alone like figure out that the careers are out there. And I think that's just through like lack of me sort of exposing myself to that world. I think the volunteering really helped because it sort of opens up a, a whole new world essentially. Like all these like behind the scenes jobs that make like big whether it's an organization whether it's a charity whether it's an arts organization like the the people behind the scenes the people behind the front Um until I volunteered I had no idea that the the amount of people that were behind things like like Lumiere or like Stockton National Riverside Festival like I didn't know that I didn't know that there were I didn't know who the people were behind that and how the sort of the mechanisms worked until I exposed
0: myself to that by giving my time up for free. So there's a few really interesting parts there, and I wanna go back to what you said about learning about events in a moment, but just briefly wanna touch on the fact that you ended up doing a law qualification after your undergraduate, because that seems very off topic with the rest of your career so could you tell us a little bit more about that um so the reason I studied law was because I don't know it's just that
1: I think that at post university time so I left university with a two, um because I had quite a difficult time at university sort of mental health wise and also just like motivating myself that sort of the feeling of being I don't know it was just university was so difficult for me whatever um but then after that coming out of it with a two two, not knowing really what I wanted to do and then not knowing how to fit how to answer my own questions um was a real sort of challenge for me so I thought right I'll do something practical that will make me more employable that will look better so then I did the law thing and sometimes where I think it's appropriate I'll put it on job applications but I don't know I wish I (laughs) knew why I did it I suppose at that time I wanted something specific and something very focused and something very related to a career but actually I've not needed it I've sort of got that the reason so if I go back the reason I studied English was because of my my passion for um or not my passion the belief that stories have such a power that words have such a power like they can without sounding too sort of grand they have the power to change people's lives they have the power to transform place and that's just through the words that we use like whether it's books or whether it's in the theater or whether it's a, an outdoor event and um, that sort of the ability to change the ability to access change a person and also the ability to sort of encourage change and betterment and uh, all these wonderful words just through art and I sort of figured out that that was the angle I wanted to go down was to, without sounding too much, um, without sounding too holy, I wanted to change the world using art or at least facilitate
0: that change. Do you know, Aaron, when you were listing different mediums, I was really hoping you were going to mention podcasting as one of them, because I totally agree with you. I think words are very powerful. They have huge effects on so many aspects of life. And that is one of the reasons we're, you know, doing this podcast is to to kind of get people to tell their stories and hopefully have a have a positive effect for some of the people listening. Um, so I can totally relate that with that bit. Just to, to go back on when you started talking about when you got the job in Durham Bid and the kind of positive effect that had on you, what when, when you, I suppose for want of a better phrase, got to see behind the curtain of what the industry was like, what did you initially learn from that experience when you when you had that foot in the door? I think I learned that
1: there are multiple ways in um, and that there's no, it's not like becoming a teacher where you do, you do either your, what's it called, the skit or you do the uh, PGCE and then you do this and then you become newly qualified. It's not, I realised that the world isn't like that for everything. Like there's not a sort of grad scheme, especially in culture. There's not a grad scheme that then you sort of, you need a 2-1 and then you need to um, move to London and that there are sort of, um, so many of the narratives that we are exposed to um, don't apply for every single job. Like, there's no sort of, there's no graduate scheme to get into uh, looking after a local government's council, a local government's fireworks, sorry. Um, So I think that's what I learned most, that any way in will
0: never be the normal way in. I really love that i particularly love the phrase there isn't a graduate scheme to get into fireworks at a local government because that is very true um but yeah very very uh, interesting uh, way of putting it um so when you were you know getting your foot in the door of events and cultural events and starting to a bit of a, starting to carve a bit of a career in this area Was there a particular moment where you decided actually this is the career I'm going to follow or were you still kind of exploring options as you were working through things? So
1: as I was um, I can still remember the specific moment it was um, I was at ARC in Stockton and I'd sort of figured out that um, I'll maybe be here for sort of two or three years because I really love the organization but I just don't necessarily feel the role is necessarily what I want to be doing forever. Like it was very sort of, it started out very business focused, but then slowly moved wonderfully into the sort of the community aspect, which I sort of, I helped shape what that, um, what that role became, which was such a good way of working. Annabelle, um, the chief exec is fantastic. Um, and I was at, uh, Stockton International Riverside Festival, which is called Surf, um, and we went to see a performance called, uh, 451 by Paraplum, which is a sort of large scale outdoor performance of the book Fahrenheit 451. Um, it's a sort of dystopian future, um, where all books are banned, um, And I was so taken by that. And I'd sort of worked in the outdoors before when I'd worked for Durham BID. We'd done some sort of large scale, large, well, medium scale outdoor or fashion shows. Um, And I'd done some work with uh, Kate James, who was then head, I think her role was head of festivals and events uh, for Durham County Council. So I was doing some bits on the side. Um, for her, which they also started as volunteer positions um, and then eventually moved into paid. Um, and I sort of thought this is the perfect sort of mix of outdoor, democratic atmosphere where, like, literally the tickets were free, anyone could come, um, and it wasn't exclusive and it was of the community. And I thought this is the kind of thing that I want to facilitate the making of just because it was sort of art for literally everyone and it wasn't holier than thou and it didn't look down on its um, participants and so that's when I sort of thought and you know I don't think I don't think for any time that I'll necessarily stay in the events industry I think I might um, or could hop into uh, arts management or focus on my freelance work so it's a sort of I feel like this concept of um, development that never sort of staying in, like it's not like a teacher. You don't sort of become an events producer and then I don't see myself continuing as an events producer. I see myself sort of growing and developing and where something sparks interest in me, then I'm going to sort of see if I can develop my, career that way so I'm talking to my friend Luca at the moment about um Luca Rutherford who is a performance maker and she we're talking about sort of putting together something for a small arts festival in here in the northeast um so we sort of I'm sort of exploring ways of becoming an art artist in with little air quotes around it so I feel like It's a constant sort of
0: development. What I really like about your story so far, Aaron, is that instead of having a specific career goal that you're going to follow, you were kind of more aiming towards an area with two things in mind. A, wanting to find something that you were particularly interested in and B, trying to find something that suited your values, I suppose. Was there a part of you that kind of understood that at the time or were you sort of stressing about where your career was going to go?
1: No, I think um, think I've always been a worrier, sort of. Um, uh, I don't think I've ever sort of known where I've wanted to go. Um, And I think over time I've sort of come to accept that just because you don't know where you necessarily want to go doesn't mean that you can't have a goal or an aim. Um, and then, if you get there and it's not as good as you want, just change your goals and set it somewhere else. I think for people in a career that is very sort of specific, where the qualification is very heavily related to um, that job, that role, that sort of career, um, then it might be different. But for me, I've learned to be content in sort of thinking, I'm not going to be here for the rest of my life. I'm going to be here for the next three, five years. And then we'll ask the question, ask the same question again. Where do I want to be in five years?
0: I think that makes a lot of sense because what you're basically saying is that instead of putting huge amount of pressure on yourself to do something over an extended period of time, instead you are going to break things into blocks of time, maybe three or five years, and reevaluate things at the end of, of those periods and continue if you want, and change tack if you don't. And I think that, as I said, makes makes a lot of sense. I hope you don't want me saying this, but it really sounds like what you want to achieve in your career, kind of bringing art to people, and what you want to achieve as a, an artist and in culture, suits what local government are trying to achieve. How did you begin to figure out that your aspirations and local government aspirations were aligned and actually this was an area you could work in successfully oh good question
1: i think um, i think as my role developed at arc i sort of saw i think i was there for about three years and i sort of started seeing the development of the role with my input and sort of the development of the organization sort of moving into uh that community engagement side and at ARC we were sort of um I sort of learned that every uh how can I put it succinctly I sort of learned that art should be for the community that it serves um I say art I use art in the most broad sense there um so that's where I sort of learned that and I sort of was really taken by it and then I think it really chimed with because growing up I was in uh, I grew up in concert which this uh, had a massive steelworks, which were closed in the late 80s um, so a few years before I was born um, and there wasn't really that much to do uh, and there wasn't really that much like there was a theatre but there was no sort of like there's an art festival now it's called uh I think it's called Connie um short for concert um but there was not that sort of that thing I saw no reflection of myself when I was growing up I didn't see much theater other than maybe panto every year um and then I started slowly the world started opening up to me and unfolding sort of in front of me um this sort of I mean, I used to, the reason I'm into reading, the reason I studied English literature was because I discovered books and then books led into theatre and theatre led into visual art and um, the whole gamut of sort of experiential art that I'm fascinated with now. Um, So I don't think I've ever, um, I don't think I've ever aimed to do that. I think it's sort of just that community element has just become something that I do naturally I suppose that sort of value that I bring my values and what I believe to whichever role that I'm in whether that's a freelance role or whether that's a um, waged HBC a sort of council based role
0: Aaron, when we started this conversation, I have to admit I kind of thought moving from English literature into cultural events and arts, I thought that was going to be a big shift. And I, I realised speaking to you, practically speaking, elements of it were a big shift. But I don't think it was as big a shift as I perhaps thought it was going to be, because when you started off, and you said it yourself, you know, you were in a part of the country where Art almost wasn't, ex- it almost didn't exist, and the art that was there didn't reflect you, and there was nothing kind of there to reflect your experiences in um, at the time, and it's almost like you you looked externally first through books, then through going to university, learned all you needed to learn, and then brought it back into your own community, and it sounds like it had this weird cyclical nature to it and that maybe there were practical differences between doing English literature and moving into events and culture, but that the ethos and the energy you had for both were very much the same.
1: Yeah. And it's never, the thing is it's never been a sort of knowing cycle. Like I've never sort of thought it was only like maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago that I realized I'm pretty sure it was in a job interview that I realized as well like I'd never sort of put the two together um but it was like seeing that um see that reflection of myself and it sort of it started there and then it's that like weird cyclical thing and it's never sort of been what I've like set out to do but I've sort of just over the past few years I've been like putting the strands together so maybe it's not about what i studied at university but why i studied it
0: okay so looking back on what you've experienced and i think you put it really well there when you said that it's less of what you studied but more about why you studied it and that that is something maybe people have to reflect on when they're switching careers that 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 initial energy or what drew them to the first their first step into their career by doing a degree regardless of the fact that they might now have moved or not, is very, very important. What, why, why did you want to do that qualification to begin with? But beside that, looking back, what do you think you've learned along the way as kind of practical advice for anyone who is trying to figure out what I'm going to do next?
1: I would say, uh, I would
0: tell them not to give themselves
1: too much of a hard time if they don't know what they want to do. Like, don't, panic if you don't know what you want to do because I know it's a cliche but I think a lot of people still don't know what they want to do um I sort of I was brought up saying my dad would say um I don't enjoy work but that's why they pay me Uh, and he'd encourage us just to get a job that pays well um because you're never going to enjoy it and so I've sort of gone a little bit uh around them and I've got a job that yes it does pay um it's obviously not huge amounts of money but it's enough to live um but actually I get far more sort of value from doing it because it makes me happy and I enjoy it like I couldn't do a job that I didn't love and I think a lot of people find themselves in jobs especially after university where it might not look as though even if it's just a part-time job in a supermarket. I think I, for the first six months of working at a large supermarket, whose name I won't mention, um, I hated it until I sort of figured out that if I found ways to enjoy it, then it would work, and then I'd enjoy it. So I think um, don't give yourself a hard time over not knowing what you want to do if you're not enjoying something either change it or find ways to enjoy it so a large supermarket I um would talk to every single customer and just like ask them questions and just get to know them and just like and I suppose um doing that sort of really increased because I was quite shy doing that sort of really increased my people skills without me even knowing that it was doing it um, but it was just something to pass the time and it, I found it enjoyable. Um, and then I would also, a more practical piece of advice would be to, um, volunteer, like give up your t- I know it shouldn't be like this, but it's a capitalist society. Um, and people love getting something for free. Um, but on the back of that, you can make connections and you can sort of, um, you can sort of develop your talents and as long as you're grateful for that then they'll be grateful for it too um yeah give up as much of your free time and just have come. don't be like in the three years that I've been in my current role I think I've maybe got two emails from um people that were interested in the industry I think Um, it's something I never done I wouldn't have dreamed of it back then but I'd encourage people just to get in touch just to sort of just to have conversations with people and in an area that they might be interested in and sort of sit down with them and and they can have lunch or just find that find a person to speak to someone that's to be on the inside or doing a job that you know you want to you want to do in like five years time I would love to find someone now that came to me and said in five six seven years time I want to be doing your job because um, <laughs> then it's sort of like having that is so valuable like someone that's openly eager about wanting to work in the industry with like that ambition should not be shrugged off so I'd say even if you just like even if you volunteer in a charity shop or uh, somewhere that your family works, anything to sort of to pass the time outside of the sort of the part time work, because I think part time work serves a purpose. It has the money, but it doesn't really feel like you're going anywhere. So I think think about self-development outside of that part time, full time sort of cycle that it's so easy to get trapped in, especially if you're sort of working class like me. Um, working class need to pay bills immediately after university, and you can't rely on your parents to sort of send you on a, sort of send you for a master's or a, to move back in with them for one reason or another.
0: What I like about Aaron's story is how self-productive he was, how he didn't just wait for things to happen, how he made things happen himself. And for me, the standout bit was when he talked about how even doing a part-time job can turn into an asset for your future and your career. And so today, I suppose for a little bit of a change, I'm going to end this episode on a question. Thinking about your own life, is there anything you could do to be a bit more like Aaron, a bit more resourceful and a bit more positive about the experiences and the opportunities you have at hand. I'm Keno Sullivan. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you're trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.